I like the liturgy that is so familiar to all of us on Easter Sunday. He is risen, and then you respond by saying, he is risen indeed. But I like to change that up a little bit. I like to change it up, and I think I have it up on the screen for you. Let's say it this way. He is risen. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you are risen. You are risen with Christ. You share in his death and you share in his resurrection. Would you look at your neighbor today and say, I have been raised with Christ? Just look at your neighbor. If you haven't said good morning to him yet, say good morning and say, I have been raised with Christ. You have died to sin, and you are indeed raised from death, and you have been brought to life by the power of the love of God, the power of the love of God given to us in Jesus Christ. This is amazing love. Romans 6, 3 through 14, I'll be reading that for us today. Here St. Paul speaks of your resurrection. St. Paul says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let sin therefore reign in your uh, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness, for sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Here ends the reading. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are raised with you to newness of life. Lord, we thank you that we share in your death, We thank you, Heavenly Father, that our sin was taken away through the cross. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that our sin was buried with you. And we thank you that through faith in you, through the gift of your grace, we have been raised to newness of life. And Lord, when you look at us, you do not see our sin, but you see the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, happy Easter to each and every one of you. It is good to be here on Easter Sunday. I love Easter Sunday. Um, It is just so good to join with God's people to celebrate these realities. 
So I ask this question, if we are raised with Christ, why doesn't life always reflect the reality of being raised with him? Why do the circumstances of life get us down? Why is life painful? Why is temptation, the temptation of this world, so alluring if we truly have been raised with Christ, if we have been made new in our nature? Well, today the the message is very simple. The message is simple. The problem is sin. The problem is sin. It is your sin, and it is my sin. Sin infects all of humanity. Sin infects all of our hearts. Sin is like a disease that we are held in slavery to. We can't release ourselves from sin. It infects us. If you are without sin, If there was somebody in here today that would claim, no, I've never sinned before, let me ask you this question. Would you want me to show a DVD of your life, of everything you've ever said, a DVD that that has on it everything that you've done or everything you've thought? Would, Would you want that image shown for all of us to see? Would you want to see everything? How many of you here would say that I would want that DVD immediately destroyed? (laughs) That's who I am. I don't want you to see who I really am on the inside. Why? Well, the scripture tells us that we are sold as slaves to sin. You and I, we become masters at hiding who we really are on the inside. We put our best foot forward. And we don't like to show who we really are on the inside. Why is it that we hide our shameful thoughts, words, and deeds? It's because we know that there's something deeply wrong at the core of who we are. And we don't want the world to know it. So we become masters at disguising the sin that we're so ashamed of. None of us want to show the world who we really are. All of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our deeds. We're no different from Adam and Eve who hid themselves from God. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden after they sinned? They heard the sound of God walking through the garden. And what did they do? They hid themselves from God. Why? Because they were ashamed of what they did. How did Adam and Eve try to hide their shame? Well, the scriptures tell us that they sewed fig leaves together. They thought that they could cover their shame with fig leaves. But God called out to them. And God's calling out to us today. We're no different from Adam and Eve. Before sin infected Adam and Eve's soul, They lived in perfect fellowship with God. But once sin entered the soul of Adam, he was separated from God. So there is this separation between sinful humanity 
and a holy and a righteous God. We have separated ourselves from God. We live in shame. We try to cover ourselves. We try to make ourselves better. But there's nothing that we can do to bring ourselves back into a right relationship with God. The problem is sin. How often does God feel distant from you? How many of you here would say that God feels distant? We all experience that. You would think, well, you're a pastor, so you must always feel close to God. No. So often God feels so distant. The problem is sin. You see, God is always near to you. He's always near to me. But we are the ones who have chosen to separate us, ourselves from God. He doesn't distance himself from us. We are the ones who turn from him. He is near to you. He loves you. If it wasn't for sin, if it wasn't for sin, we would always be turned to God. And I believe that we would always have that feeling that God is near. Sin hasn't caused God to abandon you. Sin has caused you to abandon God. Isaiah says it this way, all we like sheep have gone astray. You feel that way? You feel like a sheep that has gone astray? We have turned, we have turned, everyone to his own way. This is the nature of sin that dwells within each and every one of us, that we turn away from God. And we try to fix ourselves to get back to God. Just like Adam and Eve, they tried to sew fig leaves together. I drew an illustration for us today, and it's up on the screen for you to see. I hope you won't make fun of my artwork. <laughs> we try in many ways to reconnect ourselves to this holy God, because within us there is a desire to know God and to be with God. I truly believe that each and every one of us have been created as spiritual beings, created to know God and to be with him in a right relationship. So we try to connect ourselves to this God, maybe through devotion. We think that if we're more devoted, if we do enough good works, then maybe God will accept us. But there is no amount of devotion or good works that we can do to connect ourselves once again with God. Sin still separates us from God. So I ask this question, how have you tried to bring yourself closer to God? Have you tried to bring yourself closer to God? I ask this question, how has it worked? Is it working out for you? The only solution to the problem of sin is your death to sin and your rebirth. 
The way Jesus put it is this, you must be born again. You must be born again. So first, your death to sin. Did you know that your own physical death cannot set you free from sin? Many perish in their sin. Many perish in their sin bound in judgment for all eternity. There's only one person who could die and by his death set you free from the bondage of sin and from the judgment of sin. By his death, Jesus frees you from sin and he brings you back to God. So I have another illustration. Sinful humanity is brought back to God through Jesus Christ. Through repenting of sin, coming to the knowledge that sin separates you from God, turning to God, looking to Christ, and trusting in His sacrifice, trusting in His blood, trusting in everything that He has done for you, and through faith in Jesus, through faith in Him, you can be restored into a right relationship with God again. We are brought back into a right relationship with God because Jesus gives us this gift, this gift of salvation through repentance and faith. And through this gift, you are joined to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is risen. Therefore, you are risen indeed. Death no longer has dominion over you. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 11. Hear these words again. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Listen to this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The problem is sin. Guess what? The DVD has been erased. Those shameful thoughts, words, actions, if you're trusting in Jesus Christ, and if we were to put that DVD in today, nothing would show up. 
All we would see is the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because your sins have been forgiven. It has all been forgiven. This is the love that he has for you. The only solution to this problem of sin is death to sin and rebirth by the gift of what Christ has done for us upon the cross. You have died to sin. You have been raised with Christ. You have been raised with Christ to never die again. You were raised with Christ to live forever. Did you know that? Not only are your sins forgiven, but you have been given the gift of everlasting life. You are raised with Christ to live with him forever. Who wouldn't want to escape death? We hate death. I've done many, many, many funerals. I haven't been to a funeral yet where people have said, yes, we're so excited that our loved one died. We hate it. People mourn. We're trying to prolong life. We're trying to prevent death so that we can live longer. How many of you have gone to the doctor and your doctor says you need to stop doing these things and you need to start doing these things and so that you can prolong your life? I did a Google search on the phrase, living longer or live longer. You want to know how many hits I got on Google after I just typed in that simple phrase, live longer? One billion, six hundred million hits on Google on the phrase, live longer. Harvard, John Hopkins, CNN were among the top search results. These are big names. Big names researching how to live longer. Guess what? The church doesn't have the secret to living longer. We don't have that secret. You'll have to read what Harvard says. You'll have to read what CNN says. You'll have to read what John Hopkins says about living longer. But we have something far better than living longer. We have the message of eternal life. We have the message which gives you the promise that you will live forever and ever. Though death separates you from this body, you will live. And we are also given the promise in the resurrection of Jesus Christ that our mortal bodies will also be raised imperishable, that we will actually share in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 John 5.20 says this, And we know that the Son of God has come and has, and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Do you know Jesus? Are you in him?
Have you come to the realization of your sin? Are you trusting in what he has done through the cross for your forgiveness? The greatest verses in the Bible, I think, my favorite, it's the entirety of the message of Scripture just in really one or two verses, John 3, 16 and 17. This is what the message of the gospel is about. For God so loved the world. For God so loved Adam, though I'm a sinner. For God so loved you. You can put your name, or it says world, you can put your name there. For God so loved you that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. This is what Easter's about. Easter is about resurrection. It is about Christ's resurrection. And because he is raised, it is also about your resurrection. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So many people believe that all the Bible is about and all that God is about is condemning. To condemn people and to judge people. But the Bible is about love. It is not about condemnation. Jesus was about love. He came with great love for all people. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So I ask you today a simple question. Do you believe? Do you believe? First of all, do you believe that your sin separates you from God? Do you believe that reality? And if you believe this, are you trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and for everlasting life? If you are trusting in Jesus and what he has done for you, I rejoice with you because you are born again, because you have died with Christ. Sin has died in you. God doesn't see it anymore. And you have been raised to newness of life with Jesus Christ. As we read the New Testament and as we read the book of Acts and as the apostles who were changed by the reality of the resurrection, and we need to remember that too, that, that the, the apostles, these disciples who followed Jesus, that they were hiding in fear. They were hiding in fear because they thought that when Jesus was buried, that was it. And they also believe that the Roman authorities may come after them or the Jews may come after them next. But these disciples didn't stay in a locked room. Jesus came to them. Jesus filled them with the Holy Spirit. On the day of, the, of Pentecost, they were empowered to go and to proclaim the message of the resurrection. Did you know that all of the disciples alive at the time of Pentecost each of them died terrible martyrs' deaths. Do you know that? Simply because they proclaimed the message of the resurrection. 
They were so convinced, they knew that it was true that Jesus had been risen from the dead, that they proclaimed this message. And because they proclaimed that message of his resurrection, they died terrible deaths. Who would die for a lie? Who would die for a lie? Maybe one, surely not 12, and many others. And they went about and they preached the good news of Jesus' death and, the resurre- and his resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. And he called people. They called people. They called people to repent and to believe the good news. That's the message that we proclaim to. But then they would always follow it up with this. Repent, believe the good news, and be baptized. And be baptized. If you're trusting in Jesus, have you been baptized? If not, I urge you to receive baptism. You see, salvation and baptism go hand in hand in the Bible. Believe and be baptized. Not because baptism is a good work of obedience that earns you salvation, oh no. Baptism is not a good work you do for God. It is a good work that God does for you through which you are joined to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The believer is baptized because the promise of the gospel is connected to those waters. So that the believer can know that in the waters of baptism that he indeed is or she indeed is has been buried with Christ and raised to newness of life with Christ. So we urge you to be baptized. If you are baptized, and if you are trusting the promise of the gospel connected to your baptism, know that you are connected to Jesus in a very intimate way. You share in his death, and you share in his resurrection. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. He is risen. risen And therefore, you are also risen indeed. Today, I'd like to pray for each and every one of you. I ask you to bow your heads before the Lord in humility, to come before him with open hearts, and together we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your death. We thank you for your resurrection. We thank you that we share in your death and your resurrection, that the message of the gospel has been proclaimed to us. If we believe, we know that we are saved. Lord, we know this because from the cross, at the cross you prayed, Father, forgive them. And from the cross you said to the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. And when you were resurrected, you came to your chosen apostles and you gave them this message. And Lord, I thank you that because we believe it, that we too have died with you, and that we too have been raised with you to newness of life. So I pray for those who have come here today.
Lord, I know that on Easter Sunday, many are invited by family or friends to come and to hear this message. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would do the work that only you can do, that you would bring people to faith, to trust, that you would bring people who you love so much to acknowledge and then to be recipients of this good news. Only you can do it, Heavenly Father. And Lord, as we partake of your sacrament today, we thank you that once again we share in your death and we look forward to the resurrection to come. So Lord Jesus, do your good work, knowing you're present here today and the hearts of all who have gathered. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.